Hello, TJS fam. Welcome back to the Jesus Sampler episode nine, Joy the Jesus Version. If you're new here, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Peyton McCombs, and I'm just a girl in my 20s trying to spread the good news of Jesus to the world. And I'm beyond happy that you're tuning in wherever you are. If you're driving, grabbing lunch or coffee on your way to class, the office, or maybe you're just winding down, whatever you're doing, welcome. Today we're going to chat about joy, because who doesn't love to talk about what makes them happy? From the definition, how to live daily with Jesus joy, as I like to say, some scripture about it, of course, and more. I swear, if this episode would be a color, it would be yellow. And this may just be my favorite episode yet. Whether you are a seasoned believer, brand new to the faith, or haven't heard about this man named Jesus before, this episode is for you from yours truly. The best part of your weekend starts now. Let's talk about it. All right, I know I usually jump right into the show, but really fast, how are you guys? I'm totally treating this like a FaceTime call and ignoring the fact that it's only me talking into a mic in my room alone. But hey, we can pretend, right? Good news, we made it through another work week. If you're in the 8 to 5 grind like me, or maybe you're in college or school, been there too, then you made it through another week of classes, probably with a lot of coffee either way. I really want to experiment with new drinks, but I get into a routine and get nervous about trying new things. I am forever that girl who sticks with the same iced coffee order all year. But Starbucks is on speed dial now, and fun fact, before I started my big girl job, I was a Dunkin' girl at heart. Hated Starbs. But shout out to my team at work who persuaded me to the best side. If you have a coffee order that is your favorite, please put it below. All right, let's get into testimony time. If you're new, every episode, I talk about a micro moment that Jesus somehow turned into a testimony for me. And just a little FYI, testimonies can happen anywhere in the office, driving down the road, college, class, or on a vacation. So this one is about the joy of Jesus. And no, I don't title my testimonies. I like to think I'm this aesthetic Jesus girly, but let's be real. 90% of the time, I'm crying and not writing the cute aesthetic Bible notes. Your girl is typing because I'm a lefty and my handwriting sucks. Now, no hate against left-handers. We're super special. Jesus put some extra TLC into creating us for sure. So back to the testimony. I was scrolling on social media and found this story of a guy who's maybe 22 or 23 that just went on a mission trip to Zimbabwe for two weeks. And while he was there, he mentioned that there were 25 kids that gave their lives to Christ. And in the video, he turned and down the road, there was the whole group of kids and he yelled at them that it's time to race toward him to see who can get to him the quickest. And buddy, did they run. They laughed and giggled, but ran toward him with outstretched arms and huge smiles. Pretty much everyone was celebrating this great thing that had just happened. And I thought, surely this is how Jesus must feel when someone makes that choice to accept him into their heart, full of joy. Another one added to the kingdom. And let me tell you something. You matter to Jesus. What you do, where you are, who you are matters to him. You aren't counted out of God's mercy and love because of your past, your job, where you live, how many friends you have, or whatever the enemy might be throwing at you as a lie. And the question asked at the end was this, how far would you go 
so that everyone knows about Jesus. And here's the great thing, living today, you don't even have to leave your house to spread the good news of Christ. We can reach millions of people in minutes. For this week's episode, we're diving into the book of Philippians. A nice little tidbit is that this book is widely known as the happiest book in the Bible. But guess where it was written? In a prison. (laughs) This should tell us that as believers, we shouldn't let our circumstances determine our faith in God. So quick catch up of where we are here. Our guy, Paul, I promise I'll get away from him eventually. He's locked up again chained in his cell and writing a letter of encouragement to his fellow believers. So the verse spotlight for this episode is found in chapter 3 verse 12. Again, that's Philippians 3:12. If you want to flip there, scroll to it or listen here. Let's check out what the Bible says. Philippians 3:12 says, "Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. My first thought after reading this verse was obviously about perfection. I feel like there's joy in perfecting something in this life. When you achieve a career or life goal, for example, and in Christianity, we are striving toward the ultimate perfection of Christ. And we are always learning and sometimes we stumble, but Jesus understands that we aren't this perfect human with no flaws but he loves us despite of them. You may be asking, how do I start? Or I've strayed. Or it's been a while since I've done the whole Jesus lifestyle. Yanni tips, you know I got you. I found these points about how to live like Jesus, so I'm gonna share them with you. Number one, have a prayer life. If we look at Jesus as our prime example, he prayed a ton when he was down here. L-I-V-I-N, again, a Matthew McConaughey reference. Find that secret place that you can go where it's just you and God and have daily chats about all the things. For example, I like to treat prayers like letters or calls to Jesus. I start with, dear Jesus, and just chat with him a while. And y'all know the writer in me is going crazy each time I pray because it's like the ultimate interview or conversation with the greatest person of all time. When you pour yourself into Jesus, he's going to pour some good stuff into your life that you can then give to others. Number two, love others. Philippians talks about preaching the gospel out of love. And there isn't a better way to describe how we should go about spreading the good news. Jesus didn't go around condemning everyone and exposing their flaws. He took a step toward the lonely and broken to reconcile them back to him. To say, hey, I know everything about you and guess what? I love you anyway. If we love others more, we can push the devil right out of the picture and share the sweet story of the gospel with people. And that is so amazing. Number three, forgive others. Jesus carried out the ultimate act of forgiveness on the cross. Like, he literally had the weight of the world on his shoulders and still persevered. Jesus forgives you, so we must forgive others. And if there's something that you're struggling with and maybe you're saying, you don't understand what they did to me, they don't deserve to be forgiven, I may not understand, but Jesus does. Pray and ask him to give you the strength to let that go because honestly, some hard truth here, you're not hurting them in any way. You're only hurting yourself with carrying that weight. Let that go and walk in a new kind of freedom. And let me tell you something, you won't regret it. Number four, be humble. Value others above yourself. 
thank God all the time for every moment because each one is a blessing from Him. Read accounts in the Bible about being humble and apply them to your life. Jesus loves humbleness. The Bible tells us that God gives grace to those who are humbled. I don't know about you, but I always need some of God's grace in my life. There's this quote that goes along with this that says, Jesus came to earth not to be served, but to serve others. And lastly, number five, obey God always. Here's the thing about this part. Jesus isn't telling you things to do because he's a drill sergeant and you have to listen. You don't have to. But I can tell you from personal experience, life is a lot sweeter and better when you do. Because the things he is telling you will lead you to a better life. Jesus is more like that best friend who always has the best advice for life. Jesus loves you. That's his basis for directing you through life no matter the circumstances. So I've come to the conclusion that if we live more like Jesus, we will have more true joy that never ends because Jesus is a never ending flow of everything that is good and joy is a supply he never runs low on. And just a side note, there's no such thing as a perfect Christian. The verse spotlight backs this up. A preacher I was listening to once said that sometimes you're a stumbling child of God, but you're a child of God all the same. Regardless of the mistakes, mess ups, and failures, you're still Jesus's kid. He won't disown you, but he's going to turn your past into a testimony, your failures into lessons, and work out any place in your heart that still struggles with sin. I saw a picture once that was of Jesus sitting with a broken vase in front of him. But here's the thing. He was putting the pieces back together, not throwing them away. Not only that, but he was painting and decorating it again, turning something broken into a masterpiece. And let me tell you, that's what he will do for you today. So if you're struggling with the thought of, I can't come to Jesus because I've messed up, and the devil tells you you're not worthy or you've gone too far, remind him who now lives in your heart of the characteristics of Jesus. That Jesus has conquered him multiple times, might I add. Tell the enemy, listen, I'm forgiven and grace has taken the place of my shame. In fact, Paul gave us some real good advice in the next verse. Forget the past and look forward to the future that lies ahead. Because what's behind you? Sin and shame. But what's in front of you? Freedom, joy, and Jesus. I can say that life with Jesus really is the sweetest thing. He is my best friend and a constant help and the greatest thing I will ever have in this life. He's the total package deal. But let's hold on. Can we be real just for a hot minute? Okay, I'm going to be your big sister or best friend and tell you the truth. Being a Christian in today's world is not easy, especially when you're young. You're going against the tide and separating yourself from the fun aesthetic of partying, hookup culture, and being all about yourself and what only benefits you. If we take a look at Jesus, he's the exact opposite, right? He went out of his way to heal people, set them free, and love them unconditionally. He was selfless in every situation from beginning to end. And the awesome thing about looking at the life of Jesus is this. The same way he treated so many people in the Bible with love and care. I mean, he did a lot for them. He'll do the same for us today because that's just who he is. And speaking of love, in Philippians, again, it talks about preaching the gospel out of love because hatred won't win anyone over. But that doesn't mean we tolerate sin. Jesus loves the person 
but despises the sins because that's what he died for. And on the topic of sin, it may be fun for a season, but it's temporary. There's a reason why the Bible says this. It's a piece of advice that, yeah, you may be happy living it up for a while, but eventually that hollow, empty feeling is going to come back and you'll be back to square one looking for something to fill it with when the whole time Jesus is knocking on your heart's door waiting for you to answer. So I like to think of sin as a hamster wheel. I know it's it's pretty odd, but stay with me. The hamster runs and runs, but the wheel keeps spinning and it stays in the same place. Sin is a lot like that. You're running in the same circle and it feels like you're moving, but in reality, you're stuck. But the good news is Jesus offers a way off the wheel to break the cycle of sin and be free. It's funny how the Bible knows our hearts because it's an open love letter from God to people, to everyone in the world. This great thing, following Jesus, isn't exclusive to certain people. It's for everybody. And so here's a question I've been thinking about lately. What were moments in Jesus's life where he was full of joy? I dove deep into this because I love to think about the little moments Jesus had. Yes, he was divine. Don't forget, he's the God who parted seas, walked on the water, healed the deaf and blind, made the lame to walk, and saved generations of people from sin. But he was also human and has all the feelings you and I do. After all, I tend to believe that our feelings come straight from Christ as an offering to witness some of the emotions Jesus had while on earth to deepen the connection between humans and a heavenly father. Not to punish us, but to allow us to understand who Jesus is. That despite knowing the pain and suffering that was coming at the cross, he endured. He still got up every morning, prayed for his father's will to be done, had conversations with the disciples, and helped others. Y'all, he broke bread and ate with the disciples despite the fact he knew he was going to be betrayed by one of his own friends. Talk about a plot twist. I don't know about you, but if I knew who was going to betray me for some money, I would be calling them out like, hey, psst, hey, Judas, yeah, I know it's you, so just know that I know, okay? You're officially excluded from the crew. Please find the nearest exit. Thank you. But Jesus didn't say that. Didn't take the route of name dropping, but let the man who would later betray him eat at the same table. But I'll never forget relating to this moment. I was sitting in line at McDonald's because honestly, okay, their breakfast isn't that bad, okay? And I asked Jesus, do you know how it feels to be betrayed by someone you loved and felt so sad? He answered and said, Judas. Now, just because Jesus is now in heaven, he still remembers everything he faced down here as a man. It all didn't just disappear after he ascended into heaven. That blows my mind for some reason, that we get the chance to know Jesus beyond the stories and facts of the Bible. But on a personal level, we get to know his heart, the joy, and the plan for us. He doesn't wave you off with a look, I'm really busy today, can this wait? It's more like he waits for you with eagerness and expectation. He sets a place for us at his table with all the food we could need and a little card with reserved with your name on it. He will talk with us about what he went through personally and he'll talk to us about our life and enter into whatever room we're in. Come and sit down beside us saying in a still small voice, you don't know how long I've waited for this moment. Let's talk for a while. And let me tell you, 
nothing is better than a conversation with Jesus because he fixes things that are broken, encourages us, and reminds us what his promises are and that he's not going anywhere. Serving Jesus really does change your life in the best way possible. To close the episode, I want to chat about John 3.16 for a hot minute. If there was a verse that nearly everybody in the world and their mom knows, it's probably this one. But there is a specific word that I want to shine light on, whoever. I'm reading this book called Jesus, The God Who Knows Your Name by Max Lucado for the second time. Five stars, by the way. It's a recommend for anyone wanting to get to know Jesus. But in it, he talks about this verse and mentions that whoever isn't specific, it isn't calling to one person, but all people. And the amazing thing, this verse encapsulates the outcome of believing and accepting Jesus in eternal life in heaven. This shouldn't be the sole reason why we serve Christ, but more like a look into the conclusion of the journey. Philippians mentions that we do have an epic citizenship in heaven. How awesome is that? Can you picture the moment after your life is done, after the journey with Jesus, you finally reached heaven, there's celebrations, reunions, but there, just a little ways ahead, past all the people rejoicing and hugging, there he is, Jesus. You're finally seeing the man who saved your life, who gave everything just to know you'd have a chance at reuniting with him. And I can see it, his eyes catching yours, a smile breaking across his face, and you start running toward him, shouldering past people, and Jesus laughs in anticipation. Can you imagine what his laugh sounds like? And finally, you reach him. He opens his arms and you run into them. And the moment when he pulls you to him and wipes every tear from your eye, I believe it will all make sense. The struggle, the heartache and pain, but also the joys, love and pure moments you experience. It all leads to this. And he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Welcome home. Man, I honestly think it's going to be a race to see who can hug him first. Like, have you seen the Hunger Games where they're all around the cornucopia and the cannon goes off and they're just booking it to get to supplies? Don't get me wrong, I'm not a track star. But on that day, y'all better get ready because I'm going to be sprinting to get there first. That is an amazing thing to look forward to, in my opinion. And just a little reminder for your week, don't just seek the gifts that God can give you, but seek ways you can help others find him in this life. Through sharing your testimony, your Jesus playlist, posting on social media about God, starting or attending a Bible study or worship night at church. So many things can share Jesus with others, both big and small. You never know. You might just be the key that unlocks the door to Christ in someone's life. And in retrospect, I think that there's this stigma that following Jesus can't be fun. Like, oh, so you want me to lead this super fun life that I'm having with all these friends and go sit on a church pew on a Sunday morning? Here's the thing. Following Jesus is so much more than just Sunday church going. But it can be Bible studies with your best friend while watching the sunset, screaming out that new Brandon Lake song while driving with your windows down, I mean, have you heard his new song, Count em? It's a bop. It can look like sitting in a coffee shop with a latte and a devotional. It can be both quiet moments and loud fun moments, attending conferences like Low Sister, shout out Sadie Robertson, or even a youth night at church in your town. 
So yes, following Jesus can be super fun. It's more than just going to church on Sundays. It's a lifestyle and it can be one that's full of joy. It's all about what you do with your yes when you choose Jesus. Also, I don't know if y'all have seen this, but there's a really sweet and pure trend going around on Instagram and TikTok that's called the art of noticing, or it may be over. I'm not the best at staying up to speed with trends, shocking, right, since I'm 23, but it's usually just short videos all thrown together with a song. And I had a moment where I was watching these videos and I thought, there is an art of noticing Jesus too. He noticed us even before our existence on the cross, walking the earth and dying and rising again. I always picture Jesus physically, nearly every church service, and I remember a moment that I truly noticed Jesus. I attended an epic revival in North Carolina earlier this summer, and every night I knew that Jesus was there, walking slowly down each aisle, hand reaching out, touching every person under that tent. There were moments where it was almost like I could see him walking the outskirts of the tent, his eyes meeting mine, focused on me. He was going up and down the aisles, sidestepping into the rows of chairs and kneeling in front of people, asking them what they needed, meeting them in prayer, or my favorite part, taking a seat with them and just talking for a while. Man, I can't describe the feeling of following Jesus. He's not boring or leaves you when you get angry or upset. He doesn't give you the cold shoulder if you're struggling to pray or read your Bible. Y'all, he doesn't even shake his head as you come back again after messing up. It's okay if you're struggling right now. Just know the struggle won't last forever. The Bible tells us that the weeping may last for a night, but joy, that awesome feeling, comes in the morning. And guess what is also made new every morning? God's mercy. I'm not condoning you to take advantage of that, but I am saying that little mistake you beat yourself up about God doesn't even remember it if you've asked forgiveness for it. So don't worry. God's got you. Okay, so quick prayer before we say goodbye. Dear Jesus, we thank you for your character, that you are always there, and that we can count on you. You give us joy that doesn't fade no matter what kind of day we have, and we are grateful for that. Help us to spend more time with you and spread the good news of the gospel to others. We love you. Amen. All right, y'all, that's a wrap on episode nine. Don't forget to hit that follow button, give the show a five-star rating, and click the bell for notifications. Don't forget to tell someone about Jesus today. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.